Welcome to the Next Level Leaders Podcast with me, Dr. Joseph Walker. This podcast is designed to offer strategies in moving vision to reality. Leaders can expect to be mentored, inspired, and challenged to succeed at the next level. So prepare to be exposed, empowered, and equipped for excellence. Thank you for connecting and allowing this space to become an opportunity for growth and collaborative learning. Now, let's go on this journey together and spark the change we wish to see in ourselves, our teams, and the world. Hi, I'm Dr. Joseph Juan Walker III, and thank you so much for tuning in to Next Level Leader Podcast. This is the podcast that we believe will be a tremendous blessing into your life. I want to thank all of you so much for tuning in wherever you are. Thank you so much. It means a lot that you are connected to us in this space, and every single week we attempt to bring you some of the best thought leaders and strategies that can help you evolve as a leader. I want to thank you so much for subscribing and being a part of this is your first time. Thank you so much. And you're a part of a great convocation of influencers who are committed to getting the necessary tools, men in their toolkit to continue to strive. This year, we are continuing to move forward and empowering you and helping you just become the leader we know God has placed you on the planet to become. Great things are going to happen in your life. And trust me when I tell you, the best is yet to come. You know, in this episode, I want to deal with something that is a very serious matter, and that is knowing when to pivot. There are many people who, in your spirit, are wondering, when is it time to make a change? When is it time to go in a different direction in the organization or in my personal life? So I want to deal with this from a dualistic perspective that I believe that as you pivot personally, you also can pivot organizationally. And I think it's important to understand both because both are critical. Because if you're an organization and you pivot, but you have not personally pivoted, it can be challenging and vice versa. If the organization pivots and you still remain the same, then you know you can be a detriment to the success and vibrance of that organization. So it's going to be a very informative discussion, get something to write with us. We always do and Let's go to work. So one of the things I believe is important as a sign or indicator when it's time to pivot is when systems are stuck. Let's just deal with that for a moment. When something is stuck, it's not moving, not progressing, there's an impasse, inability to compromise, inability to move forward, when things just don't want to go anywhere. Whether it's personal, whether it's organizationally, professionally, this is when you know it may be time to pivot. I've seen people exhausted trying to invest in pouring the things and trying to explain the need to shift and go to the next level and then experiencing so much resistance, whether in relationships or not. I'm trying to get this to grow and get this to move forward. And I've done all I can do, continue all the workshops, all the counseling sessions. We've done everything. And still, it's stuck. That typically is the first indication that it's time to pivot. It's time to try something different, new, so that you don't end up in a bad space. And so you have to understand that change requires a sense of community. It, it requires that engagement from all of those involved. And that's why the second principle is important because it's time to pivot when someone is not as invested as you. When you look out and you begin to realize that you're in a unilateral arrangement, <laughs> that you're the one making all the investments, you're the one putting in all the grind, all the work, and the other person or persons are not as invested in the success of the relationship or organization as you are, it is absolutely time to pivot. Make no mistake about it. You know there have been moments in your life where you've seen this and you're like, wow, 
nobody else is up when I'm up working. Nobody else is, you know, has the same level of commitment. I'm out here driving, trying to make it happen. And everybody else wants to party and go do what they want to do. And I'm trying to, to really make this thing work. That is an indicator to you that pivot is necessary. You can't do this by yourself. And it's going to take all of you. It's going to take everybody involved for the vibrancy of the organization to come to fruition. And so if you find yourself in a space where the other person or the group is not as invested as you are, it may be time for you to start pivoting because that can be a very problematic thing in your life. And ultimately what that does, it can cause you stress and strain, which brings me to number three, which I think is probably one I need to spend a little time on. Whenever your mental health is compromised, it is time to pivot. Now, let me deal with this first of all on a personal level, then I'll come on a professional level. Some of you can be in relationships and you're trying to make things work and you're just scatterbrained. You're just not yourself. You're not sleeping. You're not eating. You're, you know, you're losing yourself in the process. And you're like, what's going on? I'm, I'm not who I used to be. I'm a shell of myself. That means that your mental health is being compromised on the altar of trying to make something work that's not going to work. And maybe this is the time for you to realize it's time to pivot. Find your, There's no relationship that should put you on medication. There's no relationship that should cause you to have sleep deprivation and to allow yourself to lose who you are. You have to understand who you are as a child of God. And not only that, but you have to think about it even professionally. Let's examine that. Professionally, I must begin to examine, like, why am I in this space professionally? that I'm going on a job and, and I feel exhausted when I show up, even more exhausted when I leave. You know, I'm not joyous. I've, I've lost my pep in my step. It's draining me. People on the job don't necessarily embrace or appreciate my gift. You find yourself in this mental health crisis, right? And you're like, what's going on? It's unhealthy. That's when it's time to pivot. Because again, no job is worth putting you on medication. I want you to really understand your mental health matters. And, and in this season, it's important to find someone to talk to. If you find yourself in one of those situations, don't go overboard here. Talk to someone. There's a lot of telehealth programs out there, a lot of mental health options out there. Talk to someone. But whenever you find yourself being compromised in your mental health, you're not yourself, you're not focused, you're not eating, you're not sleeping, you are depressed, you are not enjoyous as you used to be, then you have to say, enough is enough. Do you hear me? Let's say it together. Enough is enough. While you're listening to this, I know you're thinking about somebody who needs to send this to. You've been sent this podcast by someone who loves you to tell you, enough <laughs> is enough. But here's the next thing I want you to understand when it's time to pivot, when your assignment is complete. See, you have to understand that sometimes God sends us into certain spaces and we fulfill assignments and we have to understand when those assignments are complete, we have to pivot and move on and, and take on other assignments. And it's okay to do that. And, and sometimes people, you have to understand, you come into people's lives for reasons and sometimes seasons. And the assignments are critical for us to complete. And once it is complete, that's it. It may be time to pivot. And you cannot go into a situation thinking that every situation you're in is going to be long-term. 
I know people that come alongside me for certain seasons. I know that they won't be with me for the long haul, but they accomplish an assignment and it's incredibly important that they do that. And I'm not saying you've got to be in every situation like when my assignment's up, I'm moving on because you'll end up with five pastors in five years. You end up with eight boyfriends and eight girlfriends in eight years. I mean, you can't do that. What I'm saying is that you have to know if you're in a job situation, your assignment is up, you got to pivot and say, maybe on the same job, maybe there's something else that I'm supposed to do. I'm not saying leave the job, leave that church. I'm saying maybe you need to find out what the next assignment is. It's time to pivot away from that, meaning that I can build and develop a ministry, build and develop an organization, build and develop a platform and turn that platform over to somebody else and then pivot to something else versus hold on to it because it's my baby and I don't want nobody else to do it. And so therefore I'm holding on to it in this sense of ownership when in fact I should really be a steward of it. Do you get where I'm going? You can pivot throughout the organization in different spaces without leaving the organization. Don't be that person that's all over the place, unstable in all of your ways. That's not who you're going to be. Steadfast and immovable is who you are. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Your labor will not be in vain. So understand what the assignment is. Complete the assignment then pivot to something else, whether it's within the organization or without. Let God lead and direct you in that regard. But I think it's important that you don't outlive the assignment. You don't sit up and you continue to try to hold on to something that God wants you to pass on so you can pivot to something even greater. The next thing I want to share with you today is it's time to pivot and what you prayed for shows up. Now, here's the deal. (laughs) You pray for a thing and you pray and you pray, you wait, you pray, you're frustrated, but you keep trusting God. And then the thing actually shows up. Isn't it time to pivot then? Isn't it time to actually pivot and walk into that thing and do it? Sometimes we can pray for a thing that shows up and we don't pivot. Classic example, in Acts chapter 12, they are praying for Peter to come out of prison. It's a commendable thing. The church has gotten together at Mary's house and they are praying, Lord, deliver Peter from prison. Herod wants to kill him after Easter and they are praying. And while they are praying, God is moving. Peter is being liberated from that jail cell. He's on the other side of the street and walking to the prayer meeting. And (laughs) Rhoda, while they are praying, the young damsel girl, hears a knock at the door and says to the people, Peter is at the door. But the people don't pivot. They keep praying for something that's already happened. At some point, you got to pivot and say, God's already done that. You got to pivot. If God does it and it shows up, why are you still praying for it to show up? You've got to get to a place where you say, hey, God has given us a victory here. Let's pivot. Focus our prayers on something else now. Let's focus our energies on something else. Some people just love being in a state of want. You love being in a state of just always asking versus just thanking for what has already happened. You have to begin to pivot and say, all right, I prayed for the relationship. The relationship has come. Let me pivot now and work on the relationship versus continuing to pray for the relationship. You get it? You got to begin to know when what you prayed for shows up, it's a wonderful opportunity then to pivot. Here's the next thing, and I want to spend a little time here. Whenever you're becoming complacent. Now, I want to talk about this because I know a lot of times many of us do become complacent and complacency is a lack of interest. We get bored. 
we get very, very lethargic. We become apathetic regarding the relationship or the organization. And I have seen complacency destroy so many wonderful things because people just felt they can continue to do the same thing over and over again and it'd be okay. You wake up in the same routine and redundancy. Let's deal with this on the relationship side personally. You become complacent in your relationship. You don't pour into it. You just keep doing the same things over and over again. You wake up with your spouse and you're asking about bills and you go to bed and you, it's just the same thing. No, none of the things that you did when you were dating, all the excitement and thrills of traveling and loving on each other and in the middle of the day doing creative things, that stuff is gone out the window. You're just complacent because you have them and there's no joy in the house. There's no romanticizing in the house. Why? There's no energy there because you have become complacent. And the same thing occurs in organizations. When people get in jobs, they become complacent. They don't do anything beyond the minimum. They only do what's asked of them. They never bring new ideas. The creative juices don't flow anymore. They just get a check, do the minimum, just show up. Where's your passion? Where's all that ingenuity and creativity? Where is it? I'll tell you where it is. It's in a place called complacency because you think that it's okay to just maintain average. Average is just being on top of the bottom, ladies and gentlemen. We've not been called to be on top of the bottom. We've been called to be on top of the top. And I want you to understand something. Complacency can kill relationships. Complacency can kill organizations. Nothing new coming, nothing innovative coming. When you become complacent, it becomes obvious that there is no growth. Wherever there is complacency, no growth occurs because there's nothing stimulating that growth. There's no excitement around the relationship. There's no excitement around the organization. So how can a thing grow if it is complacent? I think what's interesting in John 15, when Jesus says, I am the true vine, and you are the branches, and without me, you can do nothing. But he says something very interesting that helps us understand this issue of complacency. He says that even if the branch bears fruit, he says, I prune it, that it would bear much more fruit. See, the sense is that if I'm bearing fruit and I'm doing good, I become complacent. And God's like, no, no, no. I still have to cut you. I still have to prune you. I still have to work with you because I don't want you to get complacent at the level where you are. There's always more. I want you to think about this. There's always more. There's always more you could be doing. There's always more you could have. When you become complacent, you forfeit the more. I never want to, as the next level leader, get to a place where I think there's nothing more for my life. I want to always be striving, and I want to always be pushing and setting myself up for God's best. There's always more you can do, more you can accomplish, more people you can reach, more that God wants to do in your life. You know that text in Ephesians, exceedingly, abundantly, now to him who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all, you could ask or think that sounds like more. That sounds like more. That Jabez prayer, Lord, enlarge my territory. It sounds like more. Don't let me get complacent here. Don't let me get to a point where I just settle and just be okay with the same redundancy and routine. But let me be a person that continues to push forth and continue to strive for more. 
I want you to think about in your own life, some areas in your life where you know you've become complacent. Begin to really process, how do I come out of this place of complacency and position myself for God's best for my life? So the final thing I want to share with you is, I think, perhaps one of the most important issues of pivoting, because it's when you and your organization is struggling for relevance. It's when you recognize at that very moment that something needs to change. You know, relevance is something that I breathe. It's something that I I live for. And I realize that it's about having my finger on the pulse of culture, having my finger on the pulse of God. Like, what are you saying, God? What's happening in culture? Because the worst thing is, is to wake up one day and be a once was. The last thing you ever want to do is get in a place in your life where you're no longer effective. Efficacy is about building true, true coalition of people who can help you understand what is trending, what is sustainable. And a part of that for me is I surround myself with different demographics, different generations of people that speak into my life and make certain that I remain current and relevant. You can't do this in a silo. You can't do this by yourself. Understand the power of collaboration because that's where creativity comes. So I I have the younger folk around me, the seasoned folk. I want to remain relevant because if I'm going to be effective, I've got to realize that when your organization is no longer relevant, you've got to own that. You can't be in denial. There's some people that continue to do the same thing over and over again, and they just think, you know what? This is what we've always done. Something's wrong with the world. We're just going to stay true to this, and you just keep dwindling and dwindling, and it's painful to watch. It's like a slow death, watching churches dwindle away, watching organizations and businesses no longer be relevant because they don't want to adapt. It's the whole idea, right? It's like watching the blockbuster effect, blockbuster and Netflix, that idea that, Nobody's buying VHS tapes. Nobody's going to buy CDs off the rack anymore. Netflix is winning because of relevancy. How does the organization pivot and begin to say, we've got to be courageous enough to put some principles and strategies in place to adapt? That's what it means. I know it's time to pivot when I'm no longer meeting my numbers, my measurables. I'm not being effective. I'm not bringing them in like I used to. It's time for me to have an honest conversation with my team and say, give me the truth. Don't gas me up. Give me the truth. That's why I surround myself with people who are not acquiescers, but people that can tell me the honest truth so I can get better. That's what a next level leader does. And that's what I hope you will do. Listen, relevancy is your lifeline. And you have got to be determined by any means necessary that you refuse to be a once was. Thank you once again for tuning in to Next Level Leader Podcast. I hope this has blessed you and I want you to stay connected to me. Make sure you follow me at Joseph Walker 3 on Instagram. Let me know this is blessing you and also share this podcast with folks. Let them know this is where we come to get strengthened insight, strategy. I appreciate you doing that. And I hope you will help me to raise up next level leaders all around this world. Until next time, you be blessed. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast. I want you to subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com or whatever podcasts are downloaded. I also want you to follow me on Instagram at Joseph Walker 3. I look forward to connecting with you.